And so today we're looking at why church? What's important about church? Why do we have church? And we're just going to read to you from Matthew 16, verse 18. If you want to just get your Bibles out, Matthew 16 and verse 18. Jesus is talking to his disciples and uh, just Peter just made this awesome confession about Jesus being the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Messiah. And Jesus replies, on the, Peter, you're Peter, this little rock, but on this big rock, this huge rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell or Hades will not overcome I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. That's right. So Jesus said, I will build my church. So he used the word, my church. So if he's going to build his church, there has to be something important about church. And church doesn't mean a building. It doesn't mean bricks and mortar. Church is talking about the people, the body of believers that are called together to worship in one place. And as we look at that scripture, who did Jesus say would loose and bind? He said his church. That's right. And who would prevail against the gates of hell? His church. church the church. The church is important. That's right. There's a... It's, you know, as we look at this, the word uh, church is called ecclesia. You know, as we, as we look at the, this uh, word in, uh, the, in the Greek there, and, and it's interesting, there's 114 references in the New Testament to the word church. 90 of them really refer to local assemblies, uh, and not just the, the whole church, but the local body of the church. Uh, uh, not just, just looking at the whole big event, but actually the personal part that you and I, World Harvest Bible Church, our local church. Mm. And <clears throat> Ecclesia means a called out assembly. That's what it literally means. And it talks about relationships. So we're talking about stepping in to relationship because relationship is important. And if we look here at the, the meaning of called out assembly, we've got two relationships going on. The first is called out. We're called out by who? By God. That's right. We're called out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But then we have that word assembly. So that refers to a group of people who are called to assemble together. Yeah, it's very interesting that word. It literally means collected together. You can't be Christ's body here on the earth on your own. That's right. Mm. So we've got a statement here. I don't know if it's the next slide. That's right. That says... The church is a group. <laughs> Are you reading it? Of people. You're going to read this as well. Okay. The church is, is a, a group, group of, of people, people who, who have, have heard, heard the, the call, call of God, God and come together through the leading and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so there's an anointing and a power that's released when the church comes together. 
You know, the day of Pentecost, when all the believers were together in the upper room, do you remember shortly before that, Peter had denied Christ, hadn't he? And he'd gone off fishing because he'd run away. But what did God do? Jesus went and called him back and restored him back into relationship. And because of that restored relationship back with Jesus, Peter was up in that upper room when the Holy Spirit came with power and anointing. And they were all, do you remember the flames of tongues? They were all released in speaking in tongues. And an amazing anointing came upon Peter to preach. The anointing that was he was then to take across, uh, not just to the Jews, but out to the Gentiles came because he was in that upper room. There is an anointing when the church comes together. You know, we can go, we can read books, we can be taught by books, we can be taught by God TV, we can, you know, be taught by a friend of ours that we know. But there is something really powerful when we come together as a church because you catch something. That's right. Have you heard that phrase? There are some things that can't be taught, they need to be caught. That's right. And there is such a power and anointing. You know when you go to a football match? Uh, there's such an excitement there and such a passion. And you, there's a thrill of being in a football match, so I'm told. It is. It is. If someone wants to buy me tickets, you're on. <laughs> and when, but it's very different when you're at home watching a football match on TV, isn't it? Yeah, I might still get excited, but it's just not quite the same. And that's the same with church. There is an excitement when the body of Christ comes together and there is a unity and an amazing power that can be released when we're all together. Yeah, that's right, sitting under that anointing. And you see, you know, as we're stepping in, God has brought you here to be part of World Harvest Bible Church. You're not here by accident, you're part of his plan. And that makes you significant. But it's because you're significant that you're here. It's a two-way thing. Because you're significant, God's brought you here. Because you're here, you're significant. It works both ways. It's not an either-or. He brought you to be here because of the graces and the significance of the things that he wanted to work in your life. And he brought you here that significant things would be brought into your life by being here. That's right. You know, I don't know about you, at Christmas time, we sometimes do jigsaws. We get out the big thousand-piece jigsaws and do them. And, you know, it can take you ages. Last year, we did this tiger. Oh, it was horrendous. We wish it never started it. We managed it. We thought it would be easy. We did it in the end. But how frustrating is it when you get to the end of a thousand-piece jigsaw and there is one piece missing? It's very, very frustrating. And it's the same in the body. You know, sometimes we don't know that we need a person or we don't feel needed until we actually come to do something and there's that one piece missing. And that could be you because you are significant. The anointing and the gifting that God has put on your life is significant to the whole body. 
I mean, that, I just want to, you know, it's one of the testimonies for, for us uh, being part of the church and having Julian and Scott is we have these fantastic slides and, and uh, things like this, PowerPoints, etc. I used to spend hours trying to create these and they were really naff in comparison to what these guys are producing. And so that's the difference, you know, but until then... There was no one doing it. And so it meant that my preparation time would take three times as long. I'd prepare the sermon, and then to make it look half decent, it took me twice as long to produce a PowerPoint. And even after that, it still didn't quite look that great, because my expertise was not in creating nice graphics. And so, what, you know, just think about what happens in here in church, about the layout. If I had to set out every single chair uh, just before the service, do you think I'd be ready for preaching and doing things? Well, the, this is the significance of every person picking up the roles, the jobs, the, the parts of the body. The, 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 actually, I don't get a chance to talk to you. So every single person in church. So if you've got an operation this coming week, unless you tell me, and not that many people are that bold at doing so, I'm not going to hear. Where are you going to find out? The people that you're in relationship with, isn't it? That's right. So we're just going to look very quickly at why life groups. Why do we do life groups? That's right. So life groups, they're a local expression of this city-wide church. That's right. When we talk about the vision of this church, the vision of this church is to be a local city-wide church. That sounds like a contradiction in terms, but our vision is not a small area. We have not just got a small mentality, sort of the next part. And in fact, actually, as I, was, I, I went through the database today, and we were looking at uh, the church, and I was looking that there were 78 people that live within two miles of the church, but there was 86 that live within five miles addition. So we're, talk, we're up to a, 150. 150 people live within five miles of this place. And then there was another 70, 80 people that lived within 10 miles. And then there was another, so hundreds or something, that lived out around that. So when we looked at that 360 or whatever it was that we figured we saw last week, and we just see that locality, we find across this city, people are from different parts. And that is the exciting part of the vision. But it has to be rooted that's right, because we're looking for this. Our expectation is this church will grow. And you can't know everybody really well in the church. And so for us, life groups are important because that enables you to really get to know people in your local area around where you live to be in relationship with. Yeah, that's right. But it's also a big part of the, the calling into this church because... We are partners, not customers. Mm. You know, as we, we're sort of reflecting on this, you know, they, they, you, can, you can go along to a shop, you can buy what you want, you cherry pick, you pick the, the, the things you like, you, you ignore everything that's else that's there. You just, you're a consumer. But a partner actually is someone who's involved in the business who actually is benefiting 
from all the sales, who's benefiting from the design, who's benefiting from the planning, who's working with other people in the work and actually is making a change in their lives. You know, a, a customer spends money, a partner generates money. That's right. So the question is, are you here to share the adventure or are you here for yourself? Yeah. Mm. So we're just going to look at a number of differences between partners and customers. So the first difference is partners own the house, but customers visit the house. So that's the first thing to think about. Do you own the house? Do you, when you walk through the doors on a Sunday morning, is this your house? Does it matter to you what happens here? Does it matter to you if chairs aren't straight or there's rubbish on the floor or if when you come in your family's not here, you know? I know, you know, we, we keep looking around trying to find our family, but at the moment one's in Mexico, one's in Horsham and Joe's out serving uh, with the youth, uh, with the children's, uh, go kids. So there's no kids around here. It's strange. And I missed... Matt and Fina been around, and we're, no, we're, we're, we're launching them into Bradford. They've already moved, and it was great to have them back, but they're, they're, they're here for parts for a day or two. I don't get to see them in the same way. It's a change because of the function and what they're called to, but uh, actually, you're going to miss them as well. But the good news is we've seen quite a bit. <laughs> okay. But also, it identifies us, just like Alan was saying. We know who is in the house. And when we're part of a life group, it also identifies us as part of that group. They're the people that I am connecting with outside of Sunday. Because like we've said, church is not just about the building. And so therefore, it's not just about coming to the building, is it? Church is not just about Sunday. We're the church, whether we're here on Sunday or whether we're somewhere else, Monday to Saturday. And so life group is an expression of church in the local area. And so as part of a life group, it identifies you with that group of people. That's right. And it matters. Oh, it matters. Mm. You know, there's, there's things that God wants to work in and through the body. You know, when, when, when Claire and I are sort of planning where we're going to go on holiday, we talk to the kids. Mm. When God wants to work something exciting with us, he wants to talk to us. Mm. And you know, the encounter evenings is one of those times when God really wants to share some intimate things. You know, Sunday mornings, sometimes they're a little bit more pressurized, aren't they? You know, we've got the kids' ministry going on. We've got the worship for a shorter time. Where, where it's, it's a bit more uh, of a jump into church for some new people. Encounter nights, there's a little bit more of a relaxed schedule. God's got a bit more room. Uh, we're not rushing. God loves to share his intimate ideas. You know, when Claire and I we want to take time uh, to talk about an idea, we let each other know, oh, by the way, I want to talk about something tonight. Or we make some time. Or we, we set a date night. Mm. In fact, it's one of the things that we've done this year is from the start of this year, Monday, I just want to let you know, is my day off. Yay! <laughs> we are, 
in the run-up to Christmas, we realized I'd worked seven Saturdays, and we hadn't had a single day off for over seven weeks. And we're like, this really isn't right. It's not God's design for our lives. So we put it into the diary. We've planned it. And because we're now planning it, it does mean, if you send me an email, I will not look at it on a Monday. If it's an emergency, you ring the offices. And Pastor Sheila is, is handling emergencies on those days. And on her day off, we're handling stuff. So that she gets days off, and Dave, obviously, and we get days off. Because you can't work flat out all the time. But the, because you need intimacy time. Intimacy time with the Lord. Intimacy time with one another. Yeah, so let's have a look at a scripture now. Ephesians 2, uh, from verse 19. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. You know, if God has called you here, you are not an alien and a foreigner. It doesn't matter which country you come from, whether you come from England, Scotland, Nigeria, or Samoa, is that right? (laughs) Wherever you come, you know, you are not an alien here. You are part of the family and God has called you here together because he wants to build us together for his purpose. That's right. You see, as we look at this, partners share responsibility. But customers, they just browse. There's no no commitment. But but partners, they're concerned with how things work. There's a concern, there's a responsibility. You know, partners actually, that responsibility begins to work together. So, you know, we're reading through uh, Philippians uh, 1 and looking at uh, verses uh, 3 onwards. It says, I thank my Lord, my God, every time I remember you, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And it's right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I'm in chains or defending uh, or confirming the gospel, all of you share God's grace with me. And God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. You know, partnership, this partnership together in the gospel, that we understand that we're about this work, that this grace is part of the household. There is a, there's a household grace that God wants us linking in, sharing, and participating, and adding to. It's not just that we receive from that grace, but that we add to the grace. That's right. So we don't want people browsing, you know, browsing and just having a little look here and having a little look there and maybe I'll try this and maybe I'll try that. There is a responsibility that comes with partnership. I am responsible here. Do you know, we miss you when you're not here. That's right. 
it's really uh, interesting. We, as places get bigger, we tend to think, actually, we won't be missed if you're not here. But we do miss you because you are a valuable part of this body. And so when you're not here, we do notice. That's right. Because part of responsibility is understanding this common purpose. God's put us here with a common purpose. And, and uh, this is part of what it means to be a disciple. A disciple is, is, is a higher level than just a follower. You know, anyone can follow. You know, I can follow Man United and never actually go to any of the matches. So I can follow them on the news. I can follow them on Twitter and uh, Facebook and stuff that's happening. And I get, I get invites to this and invites to that. They invite me to the matches. But actually, it's a whole different level when you actually go to the match and you're involved. Mm-hmm. And it'd be even better if I could play well enough to, for, you know, score a goal for them. But yeah. I can't. <laughs> So, if we're responsible, then, you know, as part of the vision this year, we're talking about discipleship. To make disciples, we need to be a disciple. So, part of the responsibility is that, one, we are disciples. That we are disciples of Jesus, but we also allow ourselves to be discipled in the church, but we also become disciples ourselves. So when new people come in, when people are saved, you know, you can, you can bring somebody to the Lord, but what do you do at that point? Do you just hand them over or do you go, oh great, they've made a, a commitment. No, we don't stop there. You, you know, when you have a baby, you don't say, oh great, I've had a baby, put the baby down and let the baby get on with it, do you? You say, right, I've got a brand new baby Christian here. I need to help this baby grow. That's right. And you know, even now in our families, you know, it's not just oh, the dad goes, the baby's crying, mum, and the mum looks at the dad and goes, the baby's crying, dad, and just leaves the baby crying. And the kids come in and they go, mum, dad, the baby's crying. What what happens is, whoever's near will go and pick it up. Mm-hmm. We'll go and actually tend. And sometimes it's the kids that go and do that. Sometimes it's the mum, sometimes it's the dad, and they will tend and look after. And, and you know, this is one of the things we, we said last week. We sort of reset one of the, one of the, some of the teams, and we called it First Contact, because actually, we just want to say to you, welcome to the welcome team. The whole church. If there's someone sat beside you you don't know, you're the welcome team. And if you, make, if you find out, actually, they've been in the church for two years, hey, don't worry about it. I keep doing that, <laughs> and I'm the pastor. But, you know, it's actually get to know someone. The new person in church is not dependent on whether the welcome team see them, but whether we see them. And then you take them, in, and they say, the kids bring a baby to the parents to help, don't they? They'll look after it first, and then, Mom, I need a bit of help here. Can you can look after, you know, and that's what our welcome team is then able to do. They pick up where the rest of us have done that initial contact. We've hooked in the person. We're getting to know them, and then we link in with the welcome team. Okay, because so... partners yeah, contribute. partners contribute, and customers watch. Mm. You know, the partners get involved. They do things. 
whereas a customer or a consumer just watches. You know, if something falls off uh, the stacks, you know, we look for somebody else to put them up. Whereas if you're responsible, you go and do it. In fact, I like to put things straight in shops anyway, but that's me. Um, participation. Partnership is about participation. There's a, the Greek word koinonia, which lots of us will have heard. And in England very much, we talk about koinonia being about fellowship. But actually, the Greek word koinonia means partnership, which literally translated means participation. So it's a much stronger word than the simple word of fellowship. Let's have fellowship round a cup of tea and coffee. It actually speaks of doing and being involved. In a, in a business, there are no silent partners. In the business of the church, there is no silent partners. You're a partner that does, or you are a customer. That's right. Yeah, it's a, real, it's a clean divide. Partners work, customers spend. Mm. Yeah. So let's have a look at Luke 5, 4 to 7. Yeah, Luke 5, and uh, we're looking at uh, verse, verse uh, 4 onwards. So when he, Jesus had been teaching, and uh, he went to the water's edge, and he saw some uh, fishermen. And when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. I think sometimes we feel that, don't we? You know, when we sometimes the pastors, you know, here we are saying, and it's like, I've been busy. I've had a busy week. And we're saying, participation, get involved. And you think, oh, we've had a busy week. Well, what is it? Simon said, but because you say so, mm, that's a good one, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat and, and, and they began sorry I've lost where I was looking <laughs> they sing to other partners in the other boat to come and help them they both came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink mm. so partners work together so in order to work together we need to be part of teams but also you know, we need to be here to work together and that's part of being involved in the life groups as well. So we know who it is that we're working with in our areas, to see our areas reached in this city, but also in the teams in the church. So we're working together um, in the teams. That's right. And partners, they, they share in the benefits of the business. Whereas customers, well, they just get to pick and mix. Mm. Who likes pick and mix? I like pick and mix, but I'd far rather get some of the benefits. There's lots of freebies when you're a partner. Yeah, pick and mix is about you choose the bits you like and you ignore the bits that you don't like. But do you know, sometimes if you ignore the bits you don't like, you could be missing the very bit that you need. That's so right. it's much better to share in all the benefits. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, when I was reading through uh, the Word this week... You know, as we've been reading through this uh, the Bible reading plan and uh, encouraging people to share, one of the things I wanted to share this morning was from Genesis 12, verse 5. 
God called Abraham to go and leave his family and go to this promised land. But Abraham had such a heart for Lot, his nephew, that when he was about to come into a whole pile of blessings, the things that God was speaking about, what was the first thing he did? He went and he grabbed someone he was in relationship with. Because when we've got blessings, we want to share those blessings. You can't help yourself. And who do you grab? The people you're in relationship with. And so that's what I just saw from, from as we were reading through the scriptures this week. So I just want, you know, that's what my, that's that's, my sharing. That's your sharing. This Revelation. Week. Revelation this so week. So if we go back to that, to the story we've just read from Luke 5 about the boats, you know, they shared the hall. One of them had the hall that was so huge they couldn't handle it. And so they shared it. They shared the benefits of what they had. And we really believe, you know, so many churches in this area in Salford have been given this scripture actually as a word. That we're going to see so many people come into the kingdom. Remember what Steve Upple was talking about in 2014. About there being a massive um, influx into the churches of, of people being saved. Okay, And I truly believe there is going to be times where some of our churches, we're going to have too many people and we're going to be calling down the road saying, hey, we need help. But this is what we're looking at this year in our uh, life groups with the mission training that we're doing, that you're going to need help from those in your life groups to reach out. Because sometimes it's difficult. How do I reach out? I need somebody to help me. And that's where in life groups, we can help one another reach out. Uh, by the way, Steve's coming back in May. Yay. And we've got uh, Michelle Grunwell coming as well. So yeah, just a few we've of the different... We've got loads uh, of guests. This year, this we year. have got a lot for you. There's not going to be a major conference, but we've got a series of some really amazing teachers coming. So we just want to encourage you again to really uh, hook into the WHBC Daily, our Bible reading plan, to uh, yeah. read it every day, to use the SOAP method of read the scriptures, observe, apply, yeah. and pray. And you can hear that last week and the back end of, we did a whole ser yeah. series so on it, didn't we? Don't forget we? to pick this up if you've, if you've lost... Yours, you, there's, there's plenty more at the back to pick up. But I'm hearing of testimonies of where, you know, it's not just the mums and dads that are reading it, their children are reading it as well, and then they're sharing the revelation that they've had or sharing the scripture that really spoke to them. And we just want to encourage you, for want of a better way, to have a, a Bible buddy to pair up with somebody so that you can text each other what God has said to you today. Because... Um, you need to share your revelation. Your revelation from the word is just as important as our revelation. What is God saying to you? Because when you have a revelation, it moves from here, from the head, to here in the heart. That's right. And it means something to you. So yeah. what is God saying to you? I was really excited this morning as I was just chatting to someone on the door. And they were saying how they've, that's one of the things they've found in this church. They've found someone not that they can pray with, but they can also share things with. And that is such a great thing. When you give out as well as receive, then there's a good working of these things out. It becomes real life. And actually, you begin to own the house. So we're just going to look at the fifth point here. This is the final one. 
Partners care for other partners, whereas customers care about themselves. Customers, you know when you go shopping, you go in with your shopping list, I want this, 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 and that's what you're looking for. And if you don't get it there, you go into another shop. And if you don't get it there, you go into another shop. So, but partners, partners, they care for others. They actually care about what happens here. They care about the people they're in relationship with. You can only care for people if you're in relationship with them. You know, if you just know them because you've, you've passed them or maybe they've sat at the other end of the row on church, you don't really know them, you can't really care for them because you don't know anything about them. But once you get to know someone, you, they begin to matter to you and you begin to care for them. And so, you know, as this church grows, because this church is going to, it's not going to get smaller, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and, more intimate. and bigger. We still want friendly. That's right. We want to maintain that intimacy and friendliness. And if we're going to do that, the way to do that is through life groups. That's and right. that's where relationships are worked out. Yeah. And the other thing about customers, like Claire just said, if you can't get it at that shop, you just go somewhere else. Whereas a partner will see something missing and find a source for that missing item. Oh, that's good. They're not going to go and shop somewhere else. They're going to find how to get hold of that and fill the shop with that item. Mm. Mm. And so I was looking at the scripture, uh, John 15. We talked about this last uh, week. And I, uh, one of the scriptures just really stuck out to me. Verse 16 from John 15. And it says... I'm going to read it from here. It says in the Amplified, it says, I have planted you. What does it say here? You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Well, in the Amplified, when it gets to the word appointed, it also says, I have planted you. And just thinking back over everything that we have said this morning about local church, God plants you in a local church and he wants you to put your roots down in that church you know a plant that doesn't put its roots down is not firm and is not strong and will move from place to place to place but God wants you to be firmly planted where he has placed you and part of being firmly planted is not just being here on Sunday, it's being part of the life groups. Yeah. So how many of you got a chance to actually not just connect with the life group, but actually share in the life groups? That first bit we did this morning, that was part of the service. We, that, we didn't just sort of, uh, that wasn't just an additional part. That was a fundamental part of the service this morning where we actually shared. And how many of you actually got a chance to share some of the things that God's been working in your life this week? Just put a wave, just wave a hand at us. You know, I actually connected. Ooh, only, only one or two. I'm sure there was some more than that. I'm sure more people shared things. How many actually shared with someone this morning some of the things that God's been doing? Come on. Okay. How often have you been doing that? 
things. Because we are saying this is a natural part of our life. This is what it means to be a Christian, is that we are those who testify. This is the spirit of prophecy. The words of our testimony is the spirit of Christ, is the spirit of prophecy. And so when we share what God's saying to us, we're glorifying Jesus. So, stepping in. We're stepping in. In our relationships. In our relationships. in In church. And... We just want to encourage you, if you are not a partner, you've not gone through our partnership, but you call this church your home, the next partnership course, which is called Accelerate, starts on the 3rd of February. It's uh, five weeks on a Sunday evening. It's two weeks, then it's encounter night, then it's another two weeks. And it's a great way to get to know Alan and myself. We're also going to have some of the core leaders leading some of the sessions as well. Uh, and it's, just a, it's a, just a great way. It's two hours on a Sunday night just for the five weeks. And um, if you'd like to sign up, if you'd like to be part of the next Accelerate course, if you could actually see Karen. Karen, could you stand up? Karen West over there. She will take your name and telephone number uh, and information, and that starts on the 3rd of February, and we'd love you. It's a great way, not just to get to know us, but for us to get to know you, because as the church grows, this you get us on our own, which is great, Most and we love it. <laughs> yeah, but we, we, we're just uh, coming to the end of the uh, sermon part, and we just sort of think, you know, it's easy to hear a word, think, oh yeah, that's good, but we're not those that hear words, are we? We're doers of the word, aren't we? We're those who understand that when God puts things in front of us, he intends that we actually respond, work it out, learn how fun. You know, life groups are fun. Life groups are a fun element to this church. And you know, when we stand to worship, it's easy, isn't it, to just kind of close your eyes, close everybody off, just it's you and God. But you know that your worship is expressed as much within those life groups as it is here on Sunday. That is the fabulous part of it. And as we're just getting ready to just begin to worship and transition to the next phase, I just want you to just allow God this morning to work into your hearts that love. Let the love of Christ begin to just unlock your hearts towards some new people. If you're new into the church, we just want to say, it's okay. Allow God to set something new before you. If you've been there, done that, you've been in life groups, you've done all the rest of it, this is the season for God's going to use you to disciple new folks. And you're going to find that it becomes exciting. And, you know, the, the, the way that's going to grow, the way you're going to grow, is actually by putting into other people the things that God's taught you. And that actually keeps you hot. It keeps you on fire. It keeps you excited. You don't have to disciple someone. And disciple isn't what's God doing in your life. But it's just actually sharing. Like it's sharing the revelation and allowing other people to share with you. You see, in the life groups, one of the things that we've set, all the life group leaders, is don't just teach. 
what is it that is in the hearts of your people? What is it that is uh, working in the, in, in, the, in the revelations in your group? So ones and twos sharing, the life groups sharing, putting on the, uh, these testimony cards, writing down what's God sh- uh, showing you, putting it on Facebook, what's God sh- showing you. This is all a part of this year of us stepping up, stepping in, and then, even better, stepping out.